Tuesday, November 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, the one and only Bill Mann. Thanks for being here. How are you, brother? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We've got Roblox shooting to the moon and PayPal, fall, PayPal falling from the sky. Um, but we have to start. Paul might be the right word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're adding an L and they're now PayPal. Um, we will get to that. We have to start with um, what I can only describe as the end of an era. When the Dow Jones Industrial Average was formed in 1896, General Electric was one of the original 12 companies in the average, and it was there, stayed there for well over a century until it was replaced by Walgreens in 2018. And this morning, CEO Larry Culp announced that GE is going to split into three separate companies. The healthcare unit is going to be spun off in early 2023. The energy division will be spun off in early 2024. And the aviation business will be the remaining company. Um, and and before we get to the underlying businesses and what this means for GE shareholders and potential shareholders, because the stock is up on this news, I'm curious how you felt when you saw this news. Because I felt, even though I have never owned shares of GE and never seriously thought about owning shares of GE, I did feel a twinge of melancholy. Yeah, I felt a little sad. I felt I, I felt a little bit sad. I mean, General Electric Company is about to become three more specific electric companies. We'll see what uh, we we'll see what they do with the names. Um, apparently, the aircraft division will retain General General Electric. Yeah, it's not just the end of an era; it's also the end of the great Jack Welch experiment. And the Jack Mel- Wel- Welch experiment. Remember, at the moment that he retired. He was perhaps one of the most revered CEOs in American commerce. And I think that it has been shown ever since then that he built sandcastles in the air, that this was a company that was built on really a great deal of financial engineering, some, you know, so, some, uh, some things that just didn't turn out to be that sustainable. And so this has been the long denouement for that type of conglomerate where you've got, you know, the financial segment was spun off years ago. I, you know, it's, it's, it's not shocking to me given, given how few conglomerates really make a go of it now that this has happened. Yeah. And we saw, you go back a few years when GE, I mean, was really running into trouble. Um, we saw them selling off different parts of the business here and there. So this is probably where they were headed anyway. Um, And this is going to look, this is still for all of the downside for this stock from 2004, when it was the biggest public company in America. And ever since then, where it's sort of gone downhill, this is still a $125 billion company. This is not a small business. And so and it, it, it makes up sense. Up about 80% will, from its low this year. Yeah. Which and is it will, bonkers to me. It, it, it makes sense that it would take some time to unwind all of this. Yeah. Do you have an early sense of what is going to be the most attractive part of this business? Because I look at the fact that Larry Culp is the CEO of General Electric, 
And he has picked the business, the one of the three businesses that he wants to run, and it's the aviation business. This is uh, so Joel Greenblatt in 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 his book book you can be a, a stock market genius talks about this exact situation and his advice is follow the executives follow the executives because they're making a decision that should be should be uh, pretty pretty reasonably expected to be a logical move where they're they're spinning out parts that they don't really want to manage or think are as promising so i think that that's i i think that that's good advice i happen to think airlines are you know airline uh in aviation is a pretty good business up until the part that you're actually flying airplanes every you know supplying any component to that 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 industry has been proven over time to be to be a really good business. So I, that makes perfect sense to me. Is there anything that, is there any part of you as an investor that thinks, yeah, I, I'm gonna buy a couple of shares here just to see. I'm not gonna expect much. I'm just gonna take it and see where it goes. Or do you think, you know what? We got a long way to go between here and 2024 when this is all done and I'm fine sitting on the sidelines. I think there's plenty of time. So GE is a company. So in the middle of the in the middle of the 2000s, I was on a show called Cashing In on Fox Business, and one of my co-panelists. I was actually let go from the show because I was too thoughtful for television. <laughs> in air quotes, <laughs> which you thoughtful. could see. I was you. Know, I can't do things in six words. But this guy came on and said he was short GE, and I and I said, how in the world are you even analyzing GE with its financial division and all of these different divisions? So it is probably the highest profile company that I have been uninterested in analyzing for the better part of 20 years now. So uh, I'm not going to change just yet. We'll give it a little bit of time, but I do think breaking apart does i mean the whole purpose is to unlock value so this is something that investors who have never been interested in ge should pay attention to shares of paypal are down 12 percent this morning after third quarter revenue was lower than wall street was hoping for guidance for the fourth quarter and for 2022 both lower than expected as well um we knew that the eBay transition was going to be bumpy this year. Yeah. Dan Schulman, the CEO, said the third quarter was the one where PayPal would see, and I'm quoting here, the max impact on our results. I don't have any reason to not believe Dan Schulman, but as a shareholder of PayPal, I hope he's right. I hope this is the, the max quarter. You know, we, we'll see some ripple effects in Q4 and, and early 2022, but... We, what do you what do you think in terms of the results? What, like did did anything stand out to you? Because it seems like this is one of those quarters that was really about the transition off of away from eBay. Yeah, I I, I happen to think that that's at least partially true. Uh, and this may not come as uh, this this may not come as a as, as as a fun comment to you as a PayPal shareholder. I also wonder if PayPal is in the process of being beaten alive by the likes of Shopify, which manage the full transaction, the full process for online businesses, whereas 
all PayPal is really managing is the transaction. I am not sure that PayPal is the best option in any one of the segments where it is uh, where, where it is competing at this point. Now, the flip side of that is, as we know in technology going over years, even in bleeding edge tech, which the back end of PayPal certainly is, is that you don't have to be the best, you have to be the most ubiquitous and you have to be the default. So the fact that they are joining, you know, they are joining Amazon at the hip, that's that's still something that has, has has yet to really manifest itself and probably will be a big deal. I'm not particularly surprised by the results. Uh, they did, in fact, they did what they said they were going to do, and 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 that's all fine. I am a little concerned about PayPal, given the competitive forces that are coming at it from all sides. The user base is huge. I mean, the user base is huge, right? And you touched on this, but when you look at you look at PayPal proper, you look at Venmo, they have a massive installed base. They do, they do. From the consumer end, that's true. But there is another part of the coin, which is the merchant end, and I think that the Wixes and the Shopify's of this world are a little bit more comprehensive in how they interact with most online merchants. Now, Amazon doesn't need any of the stuff other than the transactions. For Amazon, it's, you know, just, you know, we we have got this. So that's a great, that's a great uh, companion for, uh, for PayPal. I do wonder about how they are going to compete as we see companies like Shopify just be rampant and taking care of online businesses end to end. So you don't look at the stock down 35% from its high and think, oh, this is, this is a time to, to back up the truck. Well, I mean, so it's down 12% today and yet down 35% from its, from, from its high. I think that I think PayPal, like a lot of companies, again, we have to remember that 2021 is kind of a weird year because 2020 was so unpredictable. How much of the growth that these companies saw in 2020 were due to the pandemic and to just changes of habits that are that are temporary versus permanent? Uh, I'm not particularly interested in it in PayPal at this price. Though I do think the the point that you made is exactly right and to ignore it is to be foolish, you know, in a small F way that this is a company with a massive installed base for a lot of people. It is still the default. The stock of the day is Roblox shares up 35% as revenue in the third quarter for Roblox doubled. And of course, there are other numbers in their third quarter report, (laughs) (laughs) but their revenue doubled. Doubled. Yes. Um, Doubled. Is is the is the stock movement? Do the results warrant this kind of stock movement? Yes. Because I don't. It it does. Okay. Because I don't look at Roblox, and I could be wrong about this. I don't look at Roblox as a business that a lot of people are betting against. So, you know, when I saw the stock shooting up, I didn't think to myself, oh, that's the short running for the exits. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, thank goodness something good's happening to them at last. 
Right. At least partially, it has to do. I mean, their their stock has been, and you're right. Not too many people have been betting against Roblox, but at least partially, this reaction was the fact that a number of gaming companies have come out and reported uh, and have warned, and they, and and their results have been light. And then Roblox comes out, and they just, I mean, they they dropped the hammer. Their earnings doubled. And that is that is an incredible result. Again, just to go back to the theme, we don't really know what was real and what was temporary from the year 2020. But a doubling of revenues for Roblox in you know in, in a gaming environment that for the summer of 2021 has across the board been a little bit weak is really really amazing. Now the thing with Roblox is that they also put out another number which is bookings, and their bookings number and their revenue numbers are a little bit different. And I happen to think that the bookings number, which is basically the subscription number, was up 28 percent, which was a little bit light. But to me, that is, that's a scratch on a Ferrari uh, for this quarter. It really, really was amazing. This is a company that went public back in March. Mm-hmm. We talk all the time about, you know, as a general rule of thumb, you don't have to jump into an IPO because it's more complicated and more difficult to run a public company than it is to run a private company. This so true. now we're a couple quarters in with Roblox. Have you? seen enough from Roblox management that you feel like you have a sense of how they're doing in the public markets? Not just, I'm not yeah, talking I, about the I, stock. I'm just talking about the CEO and the CEO's team. I love this question. I do feel like they've got a handle on it. And, 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 I, and I think it's really important because people who are excited about companies almost never want to hear bad news. Or bad, you know, or or slightly negative analysis. Every single company has risk factors attached to it, and every single company is dysfunctional in some way. Some companies, most companies that that we talk about here, uh, are dysfunctional in a way that is overcome by other forms of excellence. In the case of Roblox, their general and administrative their expenses exploded in the last, you know, in, in since they've been public. That may be a sign that they were holding back a bunch of expenses so that their public their their documents when they went public were as clean and as good looking as possible. That concerns me a little bit. And that's something that I want to pay attention to over over the next couple of months. Cause you're right, I don't I don't tend to get interested in companies after they've been public for more than a year simply because you do see how they start to operate as a public company and it is different i also think that roblox is one of those businesses that um i suppose there are a lot of businesses in in different industries that are like this but roblox is one of those businesses that is more complicated than sort of the, the the surface way people first come to you know it's basically like oh it's the kids game yeah, it's 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 the game that my it's kid kids plays. Cash. Yeah, it's like oh, okay, yeah, 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 I get it. It's like well, no, it's a it's a little. Bit. And by the way, it, it, there are a lot of businesses that are trying to get a younger audience. It seems like Ro- Roblox is the reverse. They're yeah. like they've got the kids. They're trying to figure out what can we create that are going to keep them when they're teenagers and into their twenties and thirties. I I think that's exactly right. They have they have a hammerlock on an incredibly valuable segment. Uh, they do want to skew 
they they would like to get more females into you know into the mix. It is it is still somewhat heavily skewed towards young males. So they have plenty of places where they can go. It's no it's no sure thing that they will get there, but. I think that if you are a company that has that that has the constituencies that Roblox has, you are very very much at an advantage over ones that are trying to skew younger. Bill, man, always great talking to you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.